Hey guys. Hola. What's up? ¿Qué tal? Welcome. Bienvenidos a Morenitas Abroad. Stay tuned as we brutally, honestly, and truthfully tell you the things that go down in our lives abroad in Madrid. Hey guys, welcome back to Mornitas Abroad. Today we're going to be talking about the pandemic that at this point is affecting over 60 countries around the world, the coronavirus. We have a fellow Mornita abroad guest, Jessica, who's currently living in China where the virus started. Hi, hey Jessica. Jessica. Hey y'all. So can How's you tell us a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> Good. Can Good. you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm Jessica. I'm originally from Chicago. And I'm 32. I live in Shanghai, China. I've been living here since about August, but I've spent the last six years living abroad in various countries, most recently Spain and South Korea. And how long have you been in China? I guess seven months now. (laughs) How have things changed in these past few months with the coronavirus? It's actually been, I want to, oh wow, it's been a few months. That's crazy. Well, okay, so I would say, like, everything has pretty much changed very drastically for me. Um, I want to say starting in January, because that's when things really started to take hold. My work life has changed. My social life has changed. Um, Things are a lot more restricted and controlled here now. Um, But I can just, like, kind of walk you through, like, how I found out about what was going on and like how it gradually just kind of just blew up. Um, So I want to say December is when they started like figuring out like what this virus was. And I remember my coworkers were talking about, okay, hey, there's this SARS-like virus um, going around in Wuhan and Wuhan is quite far from Shanghai. So you know, we're just like hearing the information like, oh man, that's crazy. And then like going on about our day. And then at some point I went on vacation. I had a month off for Chinese New Year. And I specifically remember like being on vacation and people like my friends and family back home were sending me messages like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, I'm chilling. Like, <laughs> yeah, for me, everything was like normal at that point. Then I'm starting to look at the news and I'm seeing reports of a city called Wuhan in China being on lockdown because of this virus. And like I said, like we knew that this was happening, but the lockdown part was like that had just happened. So I'm like, wow, this is crazy. So, yeah, I think at that point, once I realized that was happening, I was like, if this is happening in Wuhan, like anything could happen anywhere in China. Who knows what the hell is going to happen? So mm-hmm. I ended up maybe some days after that, um, I was scheduled to fly back to China. I flew back and I was supposed to go to United States because I had a trip planned. Um, I think well, I want to say December. Then I started to realize airlines were canceling flights. There were travel warnings being issued. And it started to like make me feel like way more stressful or way more stressed. Um, and sure enough, my original flight to the United States got canceled. And um, so <laughs> I had to like, I think I bought a new flight. I was like, I don't care. I'm buying a new flight. I left two days after I got back. And um, my flight back got canceled. My flight back to China got canceled. 
Your flight back from China to the States. My flight back from the United States to China was canceled. Yeah, so I had to fly back through Korea. Like, that was one of the only countries at that point allowing, like, flights from China. And it's just, like, really stressful because I'm supposed to be on my vacation. And here I'm getting bombarded with all this information about, like, what's happening in China. My school is contacting me to ask for information about my students' whereabouts. Um, like it was just like really super stressful. And then when I got back to China was when I finally realized, okay, this is like crazy, crazy. Um, first of all, my flight from Korea to Shanghai was pretty much empty. Like there were maybe like 15 passengers out of like 300 something seats. Um, the airport was empty, a city of 25 million people. Um, of course, you have people there, like, in hazmat suits. Like, wow. you have to go through, like, the health. Yeah, you have to go through, like, a, you have to fill out, like, a health screening form. And then, of course, there are people there with hazmat suits, like, collecting them and, like, making sure, okay. Were you sure, freaking okay, out? And checking your temperature. Like, I feel like if I saw people in hazmat suits, I might I was. be fucking dead. Like. <laughs> I was, that was when I was freaking out because, you know, it... I was about to not go back, but I had been on the road for so long and I was just like in the United States sleeping on people's couches. I didn't really have like a comfortable place to be. Mm -hmm. So I was like debating not going back. And then I'm like, well, I got to figure it out. Plus my school kind of wanted us back by a certain date, which I can get into later. But yeah, when I got back, I was like, oh my God, this is not the Shanghai that I live in because... China in general is a place where there are people everywhere all the time. But Shanghai is like the most populous city in the world. So to come back and see, number one, the airport's pretty much empty. Number two, when I got back to my neighborhood, basically everything was closed except for the grocery stores. Like everything. There was like nobody on the street. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what on earth? What is happening? I walked into my apartment building. There's a man in the lobby with a thermometer checking temperatures. I had to like sign some paper. I don't even know what it was, but you're both basically supposed to register when you get back in the city. Yeah. And like report and then like do a 14 day self quarantine. So that's when it really hit me like, this is crazy. Now, of course, like leading up to that, I'm getting information from my friends who are still here. In like WeChat groups about, okay, all the masks are sold out. Everyone needs a mask. The masks are sold out. Like there was like kind of hysteria happening. Yeah. Um, But you kind of have to experience it to like, to like feel and know like how strange it is, you know? Yeah, I couldn't yeah. even imagine that. Yeah. yeah, I think it's crazy how you kind of started to find out from people that weren't even in China. So it makes me think, like, once you got back, how much did the media, like, inform you about things that were going on? Well, I mean, so that's the thing. Like, the people who were contacting me, like, are you okay? They were, they're American. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, remember, we had known about this 
for weeks now and it really wasn't like affecting our lives it really wasn't until like american media got a hold of this where a lot of this hysteria and fear-mongering started to happen because i think for the most part like when i left stuff was completely like normal and so i think people were just under the impression like this thing this crazy thing is happening when a lot of what they saw was in wuhan in particular and china is a huge place so where i lived it really wasn't like that you know when i got back to china the first time for those two days okay the mask and the temperature checks but it wasn't like everything was dead, you know? Mm-hmm. And how are you actually, like, getting information, like, currently? Because I know, like, China's a very censored country, like, in terms of media and things like that. Like, do you feel informed? Like, Honestly, sometimes I don't know what to believe because things are definitely controlled. So here's the first thing. Many websites in China are blocked without a VPN. Basically anything that's useful. Google, Facebook, YouTube, like different news media sites. Everything blocked. Pinterest. Is this as of the virus or this is just no, always No, this is been? in general. Oh, okay. No, it's, always, it's been this way for years. But oh. people, you know, most people have VPNs. Not most people, but like the average foreigner here, we all have VPNs, you know. Chinese people have VPNs as well. So you're able to access that information if you really want to. But internally, most people, we use WeChat, which is like a mix of uh, like WhatsApp and like Facebook. So there are a lot of different WeChat groups where people are sharing information, especially like expat WeChat groups where people are like, you know, oh, I saw this news article and this thing happened. Like, did you see this? And sometimes that gets really stressful and like overwhelming and stuff because you're just like, it's just too much. You're just bombarded with so much information and it's like, you know, like this is your life. So it's sometimes it's just really hard to like have to face it and just be overwhelmed by it. But yeah, I would say like WeChat is like a huge um, provider of information. Unfortunately, um the government does like monitor people's WeChats and kind of control what people can and cannot share. What do you mean? So if there are any like rumors (laughs) circulating that are not like official information, they may shut down your WeChat. Yeah, they may shut down your WeChat. Um, There was a case of a doctor um in wuhan who was like one of the first doctors who was like working with patients who started to show symptoms of coronavirus and he sent this private message to um i guess some of his colleagues who were in the medical field and he told them hey be careful um there are these patients coming in who have symptoms of something that resembles sars wear a mask so he sent this information to his colleagues, I think in a private like group message. And um, then somehow like that the information was shared, the local authorities showed up and like to like reprimand him and to punish him for like disseminating this information, which at that point they were saying was a rumor. 
And um, sure enough, like the virus took hold and we have, I don't know how many people have it now, 100,000 or more. Yeah, um, And he ended up passing away. He was 34 years old. Um, he passed away a few weeks ago and, you know, a lot of people are looking at him as like a martyr or a hero. Um, but had people listened to him, had the government or the, it was the local government, just to clarify, had the local government listened and like actually taking it seriously, didn't stop him. Yeah. Take it seriously. Like, Hey, perhaps like this could have been slowed down or we wouldn't see the results that yeah, we're seeing right level, now. Yeah. It's really sad. It's like when you see stuff like that, it's definitely concerning, I'll say. Yeah, to be shut down and say, you can't say these things when it were, he was speaking factually. It's just something that they didn't like and want to be shared. Right, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what protocols do they have in place now for for just people living in China? So you have to wear a mask in public everywhere (laughs) which is crazy though because when you go into like restaurants like they will have a sign outside like no mask no service you can't come in without a mask but then you get in there and you're eating you got to take the mask off to eat so like it just doesn't make any sense um masks you have to do temperature checks um there's a lot of collecting information on whether or not people have fever and symptoms like as a teacher i'm required to to collect that information from my students even though i'm not even with them like they're at home and their parents so where i would think i have the responsibility so it can then be reported that, no but <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. we would all think that but <laughs> that that's what's being required of us is there any glove? Like, do people have to wear gloves? I would think hand sanitizer. No, you don't have to wear gloves, but there's definitely, like, hand sanitizer, like, probably all sold out. Um, there's a lot of, like, controlling of movement and, like, restrictions. So, Shang- I would say in Shanghai, that's not as widespread as in Wuhan, for example, where the city's on an official lockdown, where... Um, like all the transportation is shut down. Yeah, people can't leave that province also, right? No, they can't leave. I have a student who's there now and she's stuck and she doesn't know when she can go come back to Shanghai. That has to be so scary. Like I can't even imagine. Yeah, totally. You go like, yeah. it, it kind of all went down during Chinese New Year. So you go home to visit your grandparents or your family and then you're just Yeah, you're stuck. stuck. That's what I'm saying. Like even... Even for me, because I left and, you know, I had been looking forward to this vacation and I'm like, oh, yay. And then there was no vacation. Everything changed so quickly and I was not prepared for it. And, you know, like when I think about it, I'm like, there are so many like horrible things that happen in life that we can kind of prepare for because we know like these are things that happen. Like we know, okay, at some point we're going to die we get life insurance, you know, you're probably going to get sick, you get health insurance. Maybe there's going to be a fire or disease or something. Like, those are things that you know can happen. But, like, a virus epidemic, 
like there's no amount of preparation that you can have for like how this has like affected all of us here you just that's never one of the things that you think is gonna happen in life is this (laughs) so yeah for me everything has changed um but yeah like getting back to the the protocols aside from the mass and temperature checks um I've heard cases of people not being able to leave their buildings, like having to get a pass to be able to leave or um, only being able to leave like one person per family every two days. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Just to, just to, you can go out to get essentials, but like only every two days and one person per family. That's so crazy. Yeah, I think it really depends on like where you live because I think there's certain like neighborhood committees who oversee that who who are like really overzealous and um like you know try and control things a little bit more. Um but yeah, like that even like police trying to limit the amount of people who are gathering in a particular place like I want to say last week I was at a restaurant with some friends um, for a going away party and we were seated at a table in the middle of the um, in the middle of this restaurant and maybe there are like 20 of us and at this one long table and the police came in and they were like um, just taking pictures of us and staring and it started to feel like really like intimidating like what's happening and um they basically told us that we had too many people sitting together, that there could only be three people per table, and that we had to separate. And we're just like, like what? Like what? What are we living through right now? Do you think like they were just walking by and saw you, or do you think someone was like, oh, there's like twenty people here? I don't know. That's the thing. I really don't know because we never saw them standing outside. Yeah. Like we could have, someone could have called and like reported. That's so crazy. Like that's totally possible. In fact, I have a a coworker who for the past few days has received a knock at his door repeatedly from the authorities him and his girlfriend his girlfriend happens to be korean and he i believe is american and as you know korea has like cases of a lot of cases of coronavirus now too and they've been coming in to check his temperature check her temperature and we're like we're good like someone called and was like having them come back they've come back multiple times he said that yesterday Two police officers came, two, like, health people in hazmat suits, and they're, like, setting up something, like, right outside of his door. And this is in Shanghai in my neighborhood. That seems so invasive, though. Yeah. If you checked and you see I'm good, like, just leave me alone. It's extremely invasive. Yeah. So, like, that sort of thing happened. That's probably one of the craziest things I've I've heard of recently because it happened to someone that I I knew – and um yeah like they wouldn't leave him alone and he's like he couldn't figure out who called and why and why the authorities kept coming back when they are clearly healthy and he finally had to call this number like someone recommended that he call this number for like foreigner assistance and i guess whatever he did whatever he said worked because 
today he told us that this neighbor who had been having the authorities harass him sent some like I'm sorry flowers. That's crazy. Yeah, so it's just, yeah, it's like super crazy to hear stuff like this happening. I know, I did see like on social media video of like the cops like going into someone's house and like people in hazmat suits and literally pulling the lady out of her house. Yeah, while she's like screaming. Pulling them, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that as well too. And that like those types of things are definitely concerning um, because you never know when or if that could happen but in the back of your mind like you know it's possible like yeah this could play out and i couldn't see this sort of thing playing out in another part of the world i feel like (laughs) just from my experience of living in china where you know i live in shanghai so it's very international so it's a little bit different i would say than the rest of china however um, I just, I couldn't see this happening really anywhere else. I think that people are more likely to fall in line here than they would be in a place like Spain or the United States, you know? Yeah, I could yeah. not even imagine that anything like this, cities being shut down completely in the United States. Like, for example, Take New York. Um, I feel like it could be the most compared to maybe Shanghai. I don't imagine them shutting down the whole city. Like, no public transportation. Like, people have to stay in their yeah. houses. It's yeah. just... Yeah. It doesn't seem fathomable, but I guess it's just something we will have to wait and see, like, what's happening because it's just growing and growing and affecting more and more countries. Yeah, I'm definitely, like, kind of anxious to see because for me it's been like a mental roller coaster that's really just affected every aspect of my life and I think it's even the isolation part of okay you have to do the quarantine where you're staying in your house for 14 days and I'm someone who enjoys my solitude and that has worn on me so much it's because you know I have to just I'm dealing with a situation and I, I'm alone and I have to just face how I feel and I don't know, I have no idea when any of it's going to change. Yeah. Yeah. And you're so far so away it's been from really tough. and friends. Like, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It's been tough. And a, a lot of my friends are either displaced somewhere outside of um, Shanghai right now or, yeah, it's just, it's been really, really hard. And I think for all of us, because... We don't know when it's going to end. Yeah. yeah. And do you have, like, a lot of friends who have just been, like, F it and I'm going back home, or...? I do have some friends who've, yeah, who've left. They've gone back home. Um, some of them was because, okay, their school was like, I can't pay you anymore. Uh, okay. And that's the thing that I think people aren't talking about, just, like, the economic implications of this whole thing. Yeah. If everything is shut down, that means... People can't work. That means businesses are not making money. Schools are shut down. So if you think about like, especially like with young children, if we're doing this online learning thing, parents need to be there to help guide them. So if, but how can they work if they're supposed to be helping their kid 
learn online like it requires a lot so yeah and like who is at home with the kid if they do have to work it's like so many different aspects it just so happens that like a lot of people are not working right now so this is their this is just what's happening but I know for some people at my school whose parents have gone back to work and I teach at an international school it's really hard for them because they're like well the parents are like we're not teachers so how can we help our kids like we're not teachers and we have to go to work and our IE like the Chinese like the the babysitters essentially only speak Chinese they can't help these students learn English mm-hmm. yeah so it's just it's crazy and like I said a lot of my friends have left because of these economic Im- implications or just because of safety some are just like waiting outside of of china right now um if they have like a school that's was like okay stay where you are until we figure out when it's safe to go back to work so some people have schools like that and have you thought about leaving and working in another part of asia instead of for sure yeah i've i wrestle with this decision every day and it's really tough i think because Part of it is that there are travel bans in place for people who are Chinese or who've been in China recently. So there are only a certain number of places that I can go in this situation. Um, And I also, because I've been so isolated lately, I want to go somewhere where I have other friends who are right now. Because I'm just... I'm exhausted from this, the isolation, you know? That's like a lot, Um, it's a huge toll mentally. Yeah, it's like, and like I said, I'm a, I'm a person who travels alone, like regularly, and I'm just like, ugh. (laughs) Yeah, so there's that, and then also, you know, I had been on the road for about a month before I got back to China, and so I was just tired. Yeah. Like, I was just ready to be back in my own space. And now I, I'm faced with the decision of, okay, do I go somewhere else? Because, I, I, you know, I really don't know what Yeah, and imagine going happen. somewhere else and you have to do a 14-day quarantine again, no? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea how this is all going to play out. And it's it's concerning. So, um, yeah, I know, like, a lot of my friends and family are like, come back home but it's not that easy yeah (laughs) it's really not that easy number one because my notion of home has changed Mm -hmm. like i don't i haven't lived in the united states in a really long time so yeah same when i go my trips are quick there's a like there is a reverse culture shock that you kind of face when you go back home you're surrounded by people who don't really understand your, you or your lifestyle or your day-to-day. And it's expensive. Completely, because I've been out of the States for the same, like, six years now, and I don't consider it home. Yeah, it doesn't you know? feel like, like home. Just, like, of yeah, course, I was like born where I there. Grew up, but... Yeah, my citizenship is there, but it's, like, mm-hmm. it's not the same, so... That was an option too. Okay, stay here. But if I go to the United States, I'm going to be on people's couches, which is not ideal either. Mm-hmm. And you just want some stability after a while, you know? Yeah, for a, a 32-year-old woman, I'm just on someone's couch, like, 
indefinitely because I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's it's been really tough just trying to to figure out what to do and also make sure I'm staying safe and protecting myself. Yeah, that's the most important. And also being influenced by so many people's opinions or I'm not necessarily influenced by them, but I'm definitely like yeah. stressed yeah. out by <laughs> taking in all this information something that was a bit shocking to me was when the virus just started to like go around there was a story on facebook that i read about a woman who was in the metro who was of asian descent but could have easily been spanish born here um and she was wearing a mask but is this in spain or in spain okay and people were i mean like running away from her oh see that that's that really like really makes me mad when i see stuff like that because people are so ignorant and i've read about instances like that in the states too just people being racist and ignorant right i know someone who was talking about how he didn't want to go to like he lives in the united states he didn't want to go to chinese restaurants and i'm just like we have to do better like this is not the time for that please do better because it could be any one of our cultures we just need to be more open-minded. We need to be informed. We need to be vigilant. And we don't need to be... Informed completely. Yeah, we don't need to be um, saying stupid shit or doing stupid yes. things. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. I don't know how else to put it, but... Exactly like that. It's just so stupid and so ignorant. Um, my San- My boyfriend, he's Spanish, and he was at the casino in Madrid. And I don't know if you've ever been, but at the casino, there's, like, a lot of Asians. It's, like, always Asians in there. And later, he, like, went mm-hmm. to meet up with his cousin and um, his cousin's girlfriend and to, like, go to dinner. And the girlfriend, she's Spanish, and she was, like, spraying them down with, like, Lysol. And she's like, I can't believe, like, you were around those Chinese people. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I didn't you know, know like, you were that ignorant. Like, honestly, the... And, like, you have lived in Madrid. Like, you know, like, most of these Asians have been here, like... Their whole lives. Yeah. Probably never even been to China. Never stepped foot in China. Exactly. Exactly. It's crazy. Yeah. Overall, that, I mean, that's one of the messages I want to drive home is, like, we got to do better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Completely. Don't be racist. Don't be an asshole. (laughs) But, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, the virus is here. This is our reality now, and we need yeah. to figure out what to do. Yeah, and I, I know. I think I, as of this week, they were saying the numbers were starting to go down in China anyway. So it's like maybe things are getting better and, you know. But it's probably going down because of the quarantine, no? From my understanding, it's starting to spread. But, yeah, it probably has to do with, like, uh, them limiting people's movements and quarantining people because there's a some people are actually like quarantined in a facility and then people like me whenever you come back into china like you have to do a 14 day quarantine which kind of like like when you think about it, it doesn't really make Makes sense yeah. sense because you're coming from somewhere else especially yeah. like when when i came back you know, like back from the States. Yeah. I wasn't coming from a place where it was like, oh, there's yeah. so many high cases. Um, but that's probably contributed to the slow of like all this control and all this, re- all these restrictions have probably helped to slow it. But I guess 
for how long that'll last remains to be seen. Is there still no vaccine? Yeah, it'll be interesting because now there are, I think, about like 50 or more cases in Madrid. And it'll just be interesting to see like how Spain deals with this issue and like especially Madrid because you've lived here. You know people in, like in the metro, they don't really cover their mouths. <laughs> like the hygiene right, isn't really the best. Right. And like even I had a student yesterday, he was telling me that a teacher in his zone in the north of Madrid has the virus, like, and she's in the hospital, and I was like, oh my god, wow, like, so they, the kids don't have to go to school, and he's like, no, <laughs> like, they're still going to they school. Still, like, there's no disinfection, nothing? Yeah, nothing, no, they were all still at school, she just Oh, that's like, unfortunate, yeah. like, had that been in China, they would have shut that down. My school, and I want to say back in October, my class, someone in, in my class had chicken pox. There was this whole big deal about this chicken pox, and there was a quarantine for the chicken what? pox in my class. <laughs> so you could see, like, what type of, like, mindset of a, you know, place I'm, I live in, you know? It wasn't yeah. any fish, official quarantine, but my class basically couldn't go to recess and they couldn't eat lunch in the cafeteria. They had to bring us the lunch, the lunches on the trays because they didn't want anyone in my class mixing with the other kids. I mean, it sounds crazy, but I think that's like a good thing to do because then it's not spread to the other students. But yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm interested life. to see how that yeah. plays out in Spain. I also, I think just like cult, like from a cultural perspective, just thinking about like. If you're living in a country where you are, like, waving your freedom flag, so to speak, or where you are able to, like, disseminate information freely or protest and things, I think that you kind of just maybe have a different mindset and approach things or, like, respond to certain things differently. Mm -hmm. Whereas in a place like China... There's not really protesting or it's just not the same. Yeah, it's like you yeah. toe so, the line. You, you, yeah, you, you do what's asked of you. You kind of yeah. just don't stray from that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You just kind of fall in line. Like, this is what's expected of you, and you yeah. kind of just do it. And I'm just speaking from the perspective of someone who is not Chinese, yeah. but is from a place, a, a different place, um, where politics are different. Um, I can't see all of the controls and restrictions and all these protocols that have been implemented. I can't see really most of them playing out well in any other country. I just can't see it, especially yeah, in a place like Spain, where they protest. Every there's a protest every I every know. two days in well, Madrid. All the time. Sometimes you don't even know what it's for, and yeah. <laughs> they you but they be out there like no yeah, I'm not doing this there, like yeah. I was gonna say that my school has decided to give us the option to do classes online but we also have a campus in Segovia where they just found a new case this morning and they've officially decided to close the school for two weeks so I just got the email but I think it's mostly because of the parents and the parents are really worried yeah. and there's a lot of international yeah. students yeah. too so it's not necessarily like. Spanish people because I feel like the Spanish people. Eh, whatever, like, eh, yeah. You know, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, like we'll see what happens. 
What would you say that was one of the craziest things in this whole scenario? Like, what's the craziest thing that you've experienced or seen? Oh, there's so many crazy things that I hear. But, like, you personally, that you were just taken aback. Like, I can't even believe this is, like, happening right now. Something happened to me a couple weeks ago, and I don't know if this is a result of the virus like because i said there's so many more controls being implemented controls of movement in my apartment building so i live in an apartment building that has 20 something floors to get to the elevators to go upstairs in my apartment building there are these like machines that scan your face okay wow and yeah they scan your face they recognize your face and then the gate opens up and you get in the elevator, you go up to your apartment building. Now, there was, I think it was Monday. One day I went down to the lobby. There's a convenience store in my lobby. And um, I went and I like got a Snickers bar. Then I tried to go back upstairs to back to my apartment. I'm pressing the buttons on the elevator. The buttons on the elevator are not lighting up. They're not working. So I'm going to all the different elevators because there's four of them. None of them are going up. And I'm like, what, you know, what's going on? So I come out of the elevator. My Chinese is not great at all. So I'm like waving to the man in the lobby like, hey, like what, what's going on? The elevator's not working. And he's yelling at me in Chinese like telling me to show him his key i'm like i just came downstairs for a snickers like what like what is the problem and so he's just he continuously yells at me and i'm showing him my key like yeah like i live here i'm in my pajamas by the way yeah and then he points to like the front desk and i'm like what he points to the front desk he points to a he's he's basically telling me that i needed a key fob okay I've been living in this building since August. He's telling me I now need a key fob yeah. like to scan to get on the elevator. And he points to a calculator and the amount on the calculator says 1450 which is like $200, 200 US dollars. I'm like, are you telling me I need to pay f- to get this fob? To I literally just came downstairs. <laughs> I went out on Sunday, which was the day before, and this was not like a thing. Like what what changed in a day? And so I'm like talking to the the woman in the lobby. I'm like trying to use my translator. Like what's going on? I've been living here. I've never had to use this. What what's going on? And a woman comes over who speaks English and she helps me and she's like, oh, yeah, now you have to use this now. But that's so crazy how things change. And I'm like. I was like, I literally just went outside yesterday and I came back up on the elevator and this was not a thing. Why? Like, why today? Why is this happening today? And she's like, yeah, like, it's new. Like, they're trying to, like, control, like, (laughs) you know, people going to different floors. And I'm just like, what? I was like, I literally just went outside yesterday. And I'm like, I'm not paying for this. (laughs) I've been living here since August. So then they're asking me, okay, uh, do you have your invoice for your rent? I'm like, like ma'am, I'm down here in my, in my pajamas. Like, I don't have, no, I don't have anything. 
it just so happened that I had my my agent's number in my phone. So they call my agent, verify which apartment I live in. And then she gives me the fob. And then I got on the elevator finally, but it only works for the floor that you go on. So I tried to scan it for this woman who was on the elevator and it wouldn't work. Oh my goodness. But do you think they started that because of the coronavirus or this is just in... No, I think that had something to do with it. Yeah, to limit people's... Yeah, I think it has something to do with it. Because, like, why now? Yeah, that's crazy. Something that just popped into my mind, though, this has nothing to do with the coronavirus, but, like, as a black woman living in China, like, have you experienced, like, any racism or, like, any anything like that? Um... I can't say that I've experienced a lot of things that are overt, but also, I mean, there's definitely things like you get stared at for sure. Maybe you get on the train and someone doesn't want to sit near you. Yeah. Um, Shanghai is a very international city. So I would say overall, people who are from Shanghai might be more used to seeing someone who looks like me. Um, but there are always those times when you come across places. Like if you go to like a touristy place, you're going to probably get asked for a photo. People are going to swarm you, et cetera, Yeah, et cetera. that happened to me in Thailand like all the time. They're like, a picture, yeah. a picture. I'm like... Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It like I would say like in my day to day because I work at an international school, mm-hmm. so I have students from all over the world. So within my day to day, that doesn't happen as much. But I would say I haven't had a lot of overt things happening. But when I think about it, I can't really understand what people are saying anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you wouldn't know. <laughs> so. Yeah. Because I know, I just remember, like, being in Madrid and, like, speaking Spanish and understanding Mm -hmm. Spanish very well, you know what people are saying, you know how to navigate certain situations, you know how to respond to them. So, and then, like, same thing with, like, being in Korea. My Korean was not great either. So, like, there's definitely a difference of, like, the times I've lived in Asia and the times I've lived in Spanish-speaking countries. And I, I can actually be a part of these conversations and know what's happening. Yeah, and possibly defend yourself. I don't know. I don't know what's worse. If you just don't know, yeah. or you know, yeah. and you can say something. Like, I don't know. Be oblivious and just mm-hmm. live your life, or... But I think the best thing is to know, though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not, I know I they look in Spain, too. Maybe yeah. they don't say anything, but they're always looking. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, we're so happy that you were able to, to just jump on the podcast and yeah, to give course, us insight. Of course, um, If you'd like to give the people your Instagram, if they want to follow you to see, you know, just your daily life and what you're up to. Sure. Um, yeah, she's a great person to follow on Instagram. <laughs> I love her stories. Thank you. Yeah, my Instagram is at fro on the go. F-R-O-O-N. T-H-E-G-O. Ooh, almost forgot. (laughs) Fro on the go. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Jessica. We're so happy you were able to, like, give us insight on your personal experience through this whole pandemic that's going on in China. Mm -hmm. Of course, of course. It's been a whirlwind, oh, y'all. Yeah. Y'all gotta pray for me because pray for us too in Madrid. Pray for all of us because that... we are. Oh yeah, y'all. 
Y'all just need a few lockdowns. I lockdown lockdown. Right. People to learn to cover their mouths. Yeah. Like, they're just <laughs> in the mattress. <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Oh I know. Well, I, w- I will be too. praying for you guys. Well, thank then. you so much, Jess. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode where we talked with Jess about her experience with the coronavirus while living in China. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Hasta luego.